Sam Veal took to pickleball very quickly, but found that there was something about the game that bothered him. Not enough kids were playing this great sport, so he founded the first Dink Foundation to teach kids life lessons through pickleball. Let's get to the intro to hear from Sam. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Sam Veal. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am also, since I had a chance to play pickleball today, which always makes it an even better day. But Anyways, I, I want to get a little bit into you, what you're doing, but I do normally like to start off the podcast, get a little background on your pickleball journey when you first started and how long ago that was. Well, it was about six years ago and I was up in a small hamlet on the eastern shore of Maryland. Actually, I think it's the western shore. Maybe it's the eastern shore. Eastern in a little hamlet called Tolchester Beach to attend a family wedding, which was being held outdoors. And there was a great big tent. And part of the area had an area of a surface. And there were some folks who had created what looked to me like a miniature tennis court which piqued my interest. And I was watching them play and they were playing with a paddle that sort of resembled a Kadima paddle and it was about two and a half times the size of a ping pong paddle. And I asked them, what were they doing? And they said, oh, we're playing pickleball. And I said, what the hell is pickleball? And they laughed and they gave me the quick rundown on it, that it was a combination of tennis, badminton, ping pong, and racquetball. And uh, even though I was in jeans and loafers and whatnot, they offered to let me give it a try. And uh, as soon as I put the paddle in my hand and uh, had the first, uh, the first contact uh, with a pickleball on the paddle, which did go over the net, I was hooked immediately and ended up having sore feet for playing in a pair of loafers. I After bet. that time, I, I came back down to Florida where I live. And one morning I was in a breakfast joint and saw sitting in the corner a 98, 92-year-old gentleman who I'd known for all of my life. Uh, who I also knew was a, a well-regarded tennis player by the name of Don Schneider. And I went over and said good morning and hi to Don and asked him how his tennis was. And he said, I don't play tennis anymore. I play pickleball, to which I said, oh, really? Well, let me tell you this story. And I told him about what had happened to me. And then he suggested, because I said, well, is there any pickleball around here? And he said, yeah. And he suggested that I go up to the Jarbo courts and talked to a woman named Verna Griffin, which I did. And she was a remarkable woman. Actually, the new pickleball courts are named in her honor. But she she basically wrapped her arms around me like a loving fairy godmother would and alerted me to a certain proficiency and 
And then it just took off like lightning in a bottle. And and one thing led to another and another and another. And, and I started playing in tournaments. And uh, then what I noticed was that, golly gee, I see all these adults playing and I see some kids, but they seem to be getting, not being able to get on the court or getting kicked off or whatnot. And that kind of bothered me a little bit. And I come from a golf background also, and I live where the home of the PGA Tour is. In fact, my wife works for the PGA Tour. And I was very familiar with a program that had been in place for a number of years called the First T Foundation, which is a remarkable program that uses positive youth development methodology in the game of golf to all youth, adaptive as well as underrepresented in others. And the research showed that they had a remarkable efficacy in their methodology. And so it just occurred to me one evening as it sank in and I came up with the name, the First T Foundation. And I said, well, we're not going to imitate the first, I'm sorry, the First Dink Foundation. We're not going to imitate the First T Foundation, but we will try to emulate them because of their very successful programming. And so talking to some other pickleball players and getting some others involved and agreeing to serve on a board, I incorporated the First Inc. Foundation, Inc. as a Florida nonprofit organization and filed all the necessary paperwork through an attorney with the Internal Revenue Service for 501c3 charity designation. We got our paperwork. We got our state paperwork. And we became bona fide and uh, had a friend who designed our logo for us. And we began building our infrastructure of our mission and our programming. And we continue to do that as we speak. Well, let me ask you a little bit about that. I mean, at what point, how long ago was it that you kind of did get that idea and from kind of that point to actually launching it and doing your first, I think it was probably clinic. What was kind of that period of time? Well, we launched we we launched everything in the latter part of 2021, and then as we developed, we had meetings and developed concepts programming and ideas. And once we had the website up, once we had the social media up, uh, we decided that now was the time. You don't, you don't run before you can walk and you don't walk before you can crawl. So we decided that we had gotten past the crawling stage and it was now time to walk and our first event was held. And I would say it was probably six to eight months. All right. So go ahead and expand a little bit on what that first event was. What was, what did the kids think of it? Just uh, how it all kind of came together. Ooh, well, it was pretty, 
it was pretty organic. It was pretty natural. We talked to fellow pickleballers, people that we knew and respected who had knowledge of the game. Some had already been certified as instructors. We were fortunate that we had a woman on our board who also happened to be assistant director of parks and recreation for the city of Jacksonville Beach, where our headquarters is located. Uh, and they had just built pickleball courts, which interestingly enough, about four years ago, I had talked them into letting me pay to have pickleball lines put on an orphan tennis court that sat unused at South Beach Park. And I kind of got things going, but then they built purpose-built courts. And so we told them we'd like to launch. And so we launched on National Pickleball Day. And that weekend we had we had the first Pickleball 101 clinic. We sent out flyers and notices and word of mouth to the community and the response. So we had already set up the website that allowed people to register online. We had a local pickleball retail store, Jack's Pickleball, who agreed to underwrite uh, the registration fee. And it was modest. It was a $5 registration fee for a three-hour clinic. And they underwrote it regardless of how many kids showed up. And I think we had about, if you go to the website, you can see the picture on the website of all the kids that participated. Uh, and we put together a curriculum for that three hours, and we placed the youngsters in age-appropriate divisions, and we had people who specialized in working with kids in those age groups. So, And then we rotated them, and then we ended it with letting them all sit down with the drinks that we had provided and the snacks and their parents and uh, some of our instructors who are 5-0 players and play in tournaments, they played a doubles mat to give the kids an idea of what pickleball is like at a high level. And it was, it was highly received. All the were asking us about our next program, when we were going to do it. Um, and so we have been covering uh, ever since. We now have our next programming that's coming up is a after-school programming at a school called the River City Science Academy, part of the Duval County School System. And two days a week, we'll be engaging in our, what we refer to as positive youth pickleball programming on Wednesdays and Fridays with two different age groups. But we've got a lot of irons in the fire in communication with the Parks and Recreation Department at the city of Jacksonville. We've looked at and identified all of the potential areas in Jacksonville, particularly in the underrepresented areas that have the ability to have pickleball play. We've, there's 102 parks in Jacksonville. There's 84 of them have one or more tennis courts. Most of them are in some district, but the city itself had made an effort to upgrade some of the facilities and put in, they took one that had 
two tennis courts that were not being used and they completely redid it, put in six pickleball courts. Uh, but we're talking to them about an area that's a high crime area. There's gangs. That's pretty scary. But we, our tagline is paddles, not pistols. But we believe that uh, we can be a positive force and we can give these kids uh, not just a wonderful new game to play, but using our methodology that incorporates nine core values, uh, we can uh, we can help kids have a good time and become productive, responsible members of society. Yeah, and let me let me ask you about the launch that you did on National Pickleball Day a few months ago because it sounded like you you had a three hour clinic. You've got a lot of people who sound like they probably had really good background in terms of both teaching pickleball, then also working with the different age groups. But what I'm really curious about is besides pickleball itself and the game and how to play it, what did the kids learn? Oh, well, they learned court etiquette. They learned how to tell the and to be able to call themselves if the ball was out. They learned courtesy. Uh, and uh, sportsmanship, collaboration, taking your turn, being respectful. Those are just a few of the things that we're taught. Yeah, and just out of curiosity, you mentioned collaboration. How did you help the kids understand what that is, and what did you teach them as a part of that? We taught them how to go one-on-one and to practice dinking with someone on the other side of the net so that they could help each other to become more proficient and to practice the technique of thinking. I really like that one. That's Even as adults, when I get out there and drill with one of my friends, like Dr. Jim, we'll do speed ups. You're at the volley line, you're speeding the ball up, but it's kind of complimentary where we're speeding it up, but hitting it at each other or near each other so we can kind of maintain that rally. So it sounds like that was kind of a little bit of, of the focus, but from a dinking perspective. Yes, that hence the name, the First Dink Foundation, because we believe that that process, that technique is at the core of the game of pickleball. It's a humble but it's a very nuanced skill to develop. But it's also the first thing that a, a young kid learns how to do just to get the ball up over the net. Very true. And in terms of what you did there on National Pickleball Day, what were how old were most of the kids? Were they under 10 or were they a little bit older? They ranged from under 10 to I think the oldest was 17. And then in terms of the after-school program you're going to have at the academy, I think a couple of days a week, what age group is that for? The one age group will be the third grade to fifth grade, and the second age group will be sixth grade to eighth grade. And then do you feel like most of the kids who have either gone through that initial clinic or will be in the after-school program, are they in a situation where pickleball is brand new to them? I think some of them, it will be brand new to them. I know that some of them 
have participated in our program. <clears throat> I know that some of the parents of the kids in this program at River City Science Academy are experienced in pickleball. And some of the kids have actually played pickleball. It definitely sounds like you will have a good mix. And from talking with you, it looks like you've done a tremendous amount of planning to kind of get to that, this point. And you've got a number of things that you want to do in the future. And it sounds like at this point, most of it is pretty local to that Jacksonville Beach kind of kind of area. Is this a program or a concept that you see growing outward even further over time? Absolutely. For instance, the first T Foundation that was started in 1997 and had their first chapter in 1998 now has 350 chapters around the country and serves 3.5 million kids each year. So our goal in emulating the first T is is to achieve that type of widespread proficiency. What we are doing and has been part of the plan from the get-go was to develop our programming as part of our mission purpose. But the design is to create a prototype system and program that we can, I'll call it chapterize, where we can will actually develop a chapter right here in Jacksonville Beach, the Jacksonville area, North Florida, uh, just as the uh, PGA Tour has done with First Inc. So there's the, I'm sorry, First T. There's the First T National Headquarters, and there is also a North Florida chapter of First T, two separate entities. And we've already had uh, several inquiries from Pittsburgh, Santa Clara, Toronto, New York, and Tampa of people who are interested in, as a matter of fact, if you have seen the newest issue of Pickleball Magazine on page 90, you'll see our first ad that was placed about the First Inc. Foundation. So our goal is a long-range, long-range planning to become a widespread national organization that serves kids all over the United States and potentially all over the world. I'm curious as to, have you ever done anything like this before? And what have some of the challenges been over this whole development process? Well, probably the biggest challenge is time. Because I'm in the insurance business by profession. That's my vocation. But my avocation has been that for the last 30 years, 30 years ago, I created a nonprofit organization called Jack's Beach Festivals, to which our mission was to create festivals to create communities. And so for the last 30 years, we have been putting on festivals at the Oceanfront Seawatt Pavilion in Jacksonville Beach. The Springing the Blues Festival is an internationally known festival. Uh, that was ranked in the top 20 of festivals in the world by Downbeat Magazine. We attract some 100, 120,000 people a year for it. So there's a lot of moving parts to being able to put on that as well as for other festivals. Uh, so while it's not exactly the same concept, it's again, it's 
in the same area of having to deal with lots of contingencies and a lot of moving parts. It sounds like a heck of a lot of work. So if somebody hears you on the Pickleball Fire podcast here and they want to reach out to you to perhaps open a chapter in their area, where is the best place for them to get in contact with you? Well, the best thing to do would be to obviously go to our website, which is firstdink.org. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and did I cover all the bases? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So we've kind of covered the bases pretty well on social media. And so they could go to the website, read about our organization, and it's pretty basic, pretty informative. And it tells them if you want to get involved, here's how to. And again, when we launched, we did a national press release for it and our social media output and outreach has brought lots of inquiries from people. And so we've let everybody know that we're a new organization, that we are building our prototype chapter model, and that we hope to have it ready to roll out after we've tweaked it and got it to a point where we're proud of it to where we're going to roll it out and make it available around the country. All right. Well, definitely, I will keep track and maybe have you on again next year just to kind of see where you are, how things have changed. Sounds like a great program for all children, all kids. And Sam, I thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was certainly a pleasure and a delight. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.